Amen. Good evening, our folks. And all those that are here, we, as Brother Steve already said, we welcome everyone to God's house tonight. Welcome, welcome those watching on the internet. We're thankful for that ministry as well. Um, and I'm very thankful to be here. I'm very thankful to be in God's house with y'all tonight. I, I ask for your prayers for God's word tonight. I, I feel, I told my wife before I left the house tonight, I, I feel like the little boy that came with five loaves and two fishes. And I don't, it's going to be up to God to, to, to bless his word. But he did promise us that my word will not return unto me void. But it will prosper in the place whereunto I send it. And I, we're trusting God for that tonight. I want to read some scripture in the uh, fourth chapter of the book of St. Mark. If anybody wants to read along. In the fourth chapter of the book of St. Mark. Um, this is a story about our Savior Jesus. And uh, Matthew, St. Mark, chapter 4, starting in verse 35. In the same day, when the even was come, Jesus saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat unto the ship so that it was now full. And Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and they say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and they said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? That's just a story. Now, this story is not to be confused with the story of when Jesus sent the disciples out across the sea. That's a couple of chapters later in this book, when they went out by themselves across the sea, and a great storm arose, and in the middle of the night, they looked up and they saw Jesus walking on the water. And that's the story when he told Peter to come to him. That's a different story. This story is Jesus was with him in the ship. And so we're here tonight. I look out on this assembly of people. Brother Sam, I appreciated your prayer also. I, um, at, at, my, at my work, I, I've got a church directory. And uh, I was looking up some somebody's name in it one day and this guy I worked with come by and he said, what's that? So I told him what it was and he said, that looks like a nice book. You might want to see it. Sure, you can look at it. So he got, well, what's all these towns? And and I said, well, you know, I started trying to explain, you know, what we have and what we have been blessed with. We, we I belong, I tell local people, I belong to Christ Sanctified Holy Church in Leesburg, Georgia. That's where I'm Worship. That's the congregation I'm a member of. I'm a part of. But I belong to a fellowship of churches that is much, much larger than what our congregation sees on a weekend and week out basis. I went on to explain to this young man that I probably know 90% of the names in that book. 
And he said, okay, I want to test you. <laughs> and I said, go ahead. <laughs> he opened it up. He says, Tim and Grace Temples. I said, how long have you got? <laughs> and he read a couple other names too, but um, I think about the third name you give up. <laughs> we are blessed, our folks. We are blessed. We are blessed. And we understand, we really do understand this. If you don't understand it, you need to understand it. That what God has gifted to us in our fellowship of churches, in the body, in the organization of Christ Sanctified Holy Church, that we are just one group of many, many people that God has worldwide that are part of His glorious worldwide church. There is only one church. And I'm certainly thankful that I don't have to be the one that gets to pick out who's on it, the train, and who's not. God's got that job covered. He doesn't need me for it. He doesn't need you for it. But in every nation, he that feareth God and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Scripture says that. Uh, Six years ago tonight, I met Brother Stan for the first time. He walked in about halfway during church. I immediately asked uh, Brother Brian Call, who is that? And he said, I don't know. And I asked Brother Brad Hagen, who is that guy over there? He was sitting about where Brother Albert is. He said, I don't know. And I made a beeline to him after church. And if Brother Tommy joined me right soon after, I needed some help. And uh, thank you for that, Brother Tommy. And uh, the next morning, Brother Stan's life changed forever. And if really that year was 2006, it was a monumental year for, it changed a lot of lives that year in, in this building here tonight. And um, it's easy for us to look back in hindsight on where God has taken us. Where we sometimes have a problem believing is understanding the future for where God has yet to take us. Can I get an amen? amen? We look back and we understand that in our times of fear that God was there because we already know the answers to those stories. right. We know the rest of the story on all the stories that have happened in our lives. But if somebody had told me six years ago that uh, six years from now, Brother Gary, you're going to be living in Albany, Georgia. Yikes. And, um, oh, got another blessing for you. You You're going to get to sell cars for a living. (laughs) Yeah, that would have got me real excited. Um, I think I'd have probably seriously wanted to head for Timbuktu somewhere. No kidding. Because that's a lot of change. And I'm not saying this about myself, but I've lived this. And so I can say it because that's something that was it had to be a God journey. It couldn't have been planned. It couldn't have been figured out. It couldn't have been modified or, or scheduled or thought of. But in all things, God has been good. And listen, the reason I can only give my testimony is because I don't know yours. But you've got one too. And six years ago, for many of us men in this building, if you had been told what would happen to your career and your income and your net worth, you too would have been wanting to go to Timbuktu with me. Can I get an amen? Somebody might say a quiet amen under the bench. There's there's lives and families that have been changed in the last six years 
because of death. Stories that have been changed that six years ago would have scared us. But God has been good. Let me go back to this passage. In the same day when the even was come, Jesus said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And I'm just trusting God to break the bread here tonight. I, I really feel like in my spirit that this is for somebody here, and I don't know who it is, but I'm going to trust God for that. But he said, let us pass over to the other side. See, we get comfortable in our lives, don't we? Especially even after we get sanctified, we trust in God, and, and, and God radically changes our life, brother Stan. He brings us out of sin. He makes us a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away. Our whole world becomes new, doesn't it? Everything, thoughts, actions, reactions. But we like we like stability. We like constancy in our lives. We like things to be the same. We like things to be predictable. We like things to be uh, routine is a good thing. Some folks say they some folks say they get bored by routine, but really. It's a comfortable place right. to be. It's, it's a good thing. When I when I come home, I know my wife's going to be there. That's, I like that. That's a good thing. Um, there's other things that are just routine that we like. And we don't really like change so much. But but what I really believe, and there's, there's maybe different ways to describe this, but folks, God's blessings aren't always where we're at as much as where he's got us going. And what he wants us to do in faith and trust is to let's pass over to the other side. Don't don't be satisfied with staying in the same zip code that you were in, the same spiritual zip code that you were in when you got sanctified 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years ago. God's got new territory for us to explore. He's got victories for us to gain. He's got enemies for us to conquer. This story, of course, ties in to the story of Joshua and and the story when he went got ready finally after Moses had died. And he said in the book of Joshua in the first chapter, I'm just going to read a couple of verses here. In the first chapter and the second verse that the Lord spoke to to Joshua and said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. He didn't just give them something and tell them to do it and just, just let them do it mindlessly like robots, like a computer program. He just programmed them. These were people. These were lives at stake. These were families at stake. There was generations at stake, future generations that had yet to be born. And God understood this, so he gave them a promise. The promise was, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. 
There shall not be any man that's able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give it. So God doesn't just tell us to do something and expect us to go out and just do it just because, you know, and we don't we don't know where we're going. But what I'm saying is when he tells us to pass over to the other side, he's promised to take care of us on the journey to the other side. And when we get to the other side, there's victory in the land. And it takes faith to do it. Now he said here, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, Jesus, even as he was in the ship. Now Matthew and Luke tells us that the disciples followed Jesus into the ship in this parable. But the first thing they did was they sent away the multitude. And I'll tell you something I found in my life, and maybe you found out too. The journey that God has for me is a solitary journey. Now, I love the fellowship of coming together and meeting together. And we get together and we encourage each other. But brothers and sisters, nobody can walk your walk but you. There comes a time when the multitudes are gone away. And it's you and God. Can I get an amen? Amen. There comes a time when God's going to test you and you're going to be tried, the Bible says, even as by fire. And the fire shall prove every man's work of what sort it is. You can come to church and play the pretend game. We've had several young people recently that have talked. We had a young folks meeting in Albany a few weeks ago in Leesburg. And one of our young people got up with tears and talked about that they had come to a point recently, a few months ago, when they realized that they weren't where they ought to be spiritually. And that they had, and we all, if we, especially when we've been raised in our church, you young people listen to me, every one of us knows how to get out of this pulpit and to say, I'm glad to be here tonight and I'm glad I'm converted to sanctified. Every one of us knows you can just read some Bible, you ain't got to talk about it, and when you get finished, you can say, y'all pray for me. That is not a testimony. That's just reading Bible. A testimony is what God has done for you. A testimony is what God has put in your mind and your heart. Anybody can just read Bible. But you need to have an active testimony. And the testimony comes when you get your testimony is when you are away from the multitudes. Right. They're going to be sent away. Listen. You can come to church, you can surround yourself with people, and you can be lonely on the inside, in the midst of a room crowded with people, and feel like you're alone. The multitudes are what's going to go with us on our journey. Your walk is a walk unlike anyone else's. Everyone has a different fingerprint. Everyone has a different walk. The pain we bear, the grief we bear, the burdens we bear, The things, the price that Christ calls for every one of us to pay 
he said that none of us are going to depart till we have paid the very last might. God's going to require everything out of you that you can give. He's not going to let you. We sang the song this morning. 99 and a half won't do. God's not interested in you giving him part of you. He wants all of you. And so the multitude is not going to be with you on your journey. The multitude is not going to be there to support you. But God is. And the cool thing is, when you go to get in your ship to pass over to the other side, Jesus is already in the ship. That's what I loved when I read this. They took him even as he was in the ship. He didn't just send him out alone. This wasn't that other storm when he came out. No, no. He was in the ship. So I can trust God wherever my journey takes me, wherever my path leads, I can trust God. I can know that he's with me. I can know that he's promised in his word. And this sometimes seems almost an impossibility. But he said it. And he cannot lie. And he cannot deny himself. But he promised that he would not put on us more than we could bear. That he will not tempt us with evil. That we will with every temptation also provide a way of escape. That we may be able to bear it. The God that sends us out isn't sending us out on a lonesome journey, on a lonesome path, but he's promised to be with us every step of the way. When he said every place that the sole of your foot treads upon is going to be yours, what he didn't say, but it's true, is that he's going to be with us every step of the way. Hallelujah for that. So on this journey that these disciples, they let us pass over to the other side. See, it's easy, and I really have a tendency to do this, and it's not always good, but I just have a tendency to think things are always going to get better. And uh, I mean, there's there's some folks that this opposite of that. I remember way back when, a long time ago, me and Sam had to talk about that. Sam said, boy, there's rainy days coming. I'm like, man, get that doom and gloom away from me. You was right, brother. You can say it. You was right. Things happen. Life isn't always constant, is it? It's never the same. There really are no two days exactly alike. So I have a tendency in, in, in my journey when God says, go do something about it. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be good. Let's go. You know? But see, they might have thought that too. But the good thing, I want to go back to the facts. The order was, don't stay where you are. Let's go to the other side. So tonight, if there's somebody in this room that God's been weighing on your heart, it could be somebody that's lost. God may be putting on your heart that you need to change your lifestyle. That you need to quit serving Satan. That you need to let go of your strongholds. The strongholds in your life aren't Satan's holds on you. No, 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 no. They're your holds on your habits. Yes, 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 yes. So you have to let go of strongholds for God to take them. And so there's somebody lost that means God, but even more than that, I feel like maybe this message tonight is really more for our folks, for saved and sanctified people. If God's working with your heart tonight and he's told you to do something for him, and you're fearful and you're scared, 
and you don't know the answers and you don't know how it's going to work out, I want to tell you the first thing is you can't do it over here if God's saying, let's go over here. You can't do God's work where he's sending you if you never leave where he's got you. Can I get an amen? Amen. You're going to have to leave where you're at to get to where you're going. Now, the second thing is, is if he's trying to get you from here to here, is that he's already in the ship. Amen. You don't have to worry about going from here to here alone. God's with you. He would not send you unequipped. He's not going to send you without all the weapons that you need for your warfare. So then they jumped in the ship and it says the 37th verse. There arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship so that the ship was full. Now, this few folks in here has been out over. We've seen some water come in boats. It ain't a fun thing if you're in the boat. Yeah, that's, that's the purpose of a boat is to keep you out of the water. Right. Not for the water to be in there with you. That's, that's reverse thinking. But you know what? Sometimes in the midst of our journey, we question. We wonder. We say, where is the Lord? We say, whoa, what have you done? How come you got me over here, Lord? Uh-uh. I ain't, I ain't feeling real good right now. We start looking for the life jackets. Putting the life jackets on. We think the boat's going down. But let me tell you something. Jesus was in the back of the ship on a pillow asleep. So you tell me, do we really need to worry and fret about where God's put us in life? If we're sanctified, is God give us enough? Do y'all believe that? Has he given? He's given unto us, he says in Peter, all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He said there's, there's no good thing that he would withhold from them that love him, than the serving. Oh, I'm just going to stand on the word tonight and say, I don't really need to worry or to fret. Now, uh, there's a difference. There's a difference in worry and being concerned. I'll let you figure that out. There is a difference. But but worrying is is really worrying is a lack of faith. Worrying means I gotta I gotta figure out a solution on my own because I'm not sure God's got the solution for it. Right. But but concern is I sure don't know where this thing's going. But Jesus got me. Right. Uh, Jesus got me. I I don't know how we gonna make it. But I believe it. I believe it. And you can do that. Amen. Even Jesus himself prayed in the garden, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass. He wasn't excited about going through the cross, y'all. I don't care what you think. He wasn't. He wasn't. The humanness of him knew the pain, knew the agony, knew. And the human side said, oh, oh, no, let this thing go. Right. And, And it's okay. It's okay. In the midst of your path, in the midst of your journey over the lake, when the water's... It's okay for you to say, Lord, if it's possible, let this go. Let this pass. But that's not a complete prayer. The complete prayer is, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. That's what Jesus prayed. And he willingly went to the cross and went through. So, just wrapping up here in the last few minutes... He was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said, Master, care us not that we perish. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace. Be still. 
when I lived in Wilmington, well, Tommy taught me how to fish. And uh, we spent a lot of time together out on the water. And uh, there was one day we went out, and Brother Tommy said, this is what we call a bathtub day. Remember that? Just perfectly calm. Those are rare. They don't happen that often. Usually there's some, right, Captain Eddie? Usually there's something happening with the wind that's got something. But every now and then there will be a day where it's just just those gentle swells, just a perfect day. Life is kind of like that, isn't it? We don't get a lot of those perfect, calm days. Most of the days, there's something going on. There's some activity. Right. Some days, it's pretty rough. It's pretty stormy. Yes. And then some days, it's just like, man, everything lines up, and we, and we feel good. But when Jesus comes along yeah. in our situation, in our storm, when we grab onto him, he can say, peace, Amen. be still. And I'm going to close with this last part. And the wind ceased. See, when Jesus says something, yes. it has to happen. Right. When he said, let there be light, yes. there was light. light couldn't hold back. It had to come forth. Right. When he says, peace, be still, the storm is over. Right. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Now, I like the way Brother Luke said it. In the same story, Brother Luke said that Jesus said one phrase. Where is your faith? Right. So I'm going to ask you tonight, where is your faith? See, some folks is believing in their self. Right. Some folks believe they can work out all of life's problems on their own. Some folks think, I'll just get saved, I'll get... I'll get up right with God before I get over to the other side before I die. And I'm just smart enough. I'm going to work this thing out on my own. I'm doing pretty good. I got it under control. My faith is in me because I can see that. And I'm smart enough to figure out my problems and uh, work out my situations. Let me tell you what. You speak like a foolish man if you say that. If you really believe that your decisions for your life are better than the ones God can make for you if you would just humble yourself and let Jesus lead you. You're a foolish man or woman to believe that you're smarter than God. God, as Brother Darsh Dearman said so many times, he would say, you young people, God has something beautiful for your life. And what he's got for you is far better than anything you can figure out on your own. So where is your faith tonight? And I want to say to our folks, where is your faith? Really? You can say it. You can say it to sound good. You can say it to sound good in a testimony. But you're going to be tested even as my fire. And my faith is in God tonight. I've learned I have faith in my wife. I have faith in my church. I have faith in many individuals. But I'll tell you what tonight, my wife can let me down, my church can let me down, individuals can let me down. The only constant, sure, steadfast, unmovable thing I can have faith in is Jesus Christ. The only thing that's going to get me to heaven is that I believe in the saving blood 
that come onto my life and sanctified me by the Holy Ghost and keeps me free from sin by the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not going to be that I got saved and I made it to heaven because of what I said in a sermon or because of what I said teaching you or doing something like that. It's how I live and it's what I believed in my heart. And that's what we're all going to heaven on tonight. We're going to heaven on the foundation that's in our heart. And I say, where is your faith? My faith is in God. When he says, let us go to the other side, let go, get in the boat with Jesus, and trust him through the storm. Pray for me when you pray. Hallelujah.